going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else because uh, it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so got a meditation eternal energy go get you some also send me a review once you're done as well i'd love to hear your feedback now moving up from there if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships in which there are three different tiers silver gold and diamond which offer different levels of benefits that once offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? Sure, emotionally. <laughs> and hopefully, if we can get enough ships with enough lights pointing in the same direction, we can get that ship to get to where you guys are at and where the ultimate truth is. That's what we do in these social Q&As here. So while, yes, you guys learn, it's for the ultimate purpose of allowing someone else who's much more lost uh, in this one scenario than you. So please answer this question of what does she want the most from him? Eight to nine times over the next four months, she entertained a sexual experience with him. All for naught, all for zero, could not have sex. Ends up saying, I'm leaving you. It's because we're, we're not fucking. We're just hanging out a lot. So could someone please tell me what her deepest desire and intent is for her relationship with him? What does she want the most? What's her deepest desire and intent in this experience with him? This is key. This is probably one of the most important questions to help him understand the psychology, the humanness, the humanity of sexual experience. Listen, I put these suspenders on for a reason, guys. We're going deep today. (laughs) Getting in today. Okay. Janu comes in with the first response saying she wanted to be validated sexually and as a human being. She wanted to be validated sexually and as a human being. For all that she was, sexuality included. He could not take her there to allow her to truly reflect as a feminine being. So she looks elsewhere. Touch that Zeddy. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. That's a hundred thousand Zeddy answer. That's three this session. Fuck, you guys are getting good. You guys are going. You guys are getting good. And you know, 
you know that's a good answer because Jay New put it in because I don't give 100,000 any answers to the regulars of these live chats very easily. Uh, not very easily at all. It has to be something... It has to be something where I know they've really stepped themselves up because I, I know them. I, I know their level of development socially, so I know what answers are on their current level and I know when they set themselves up. So Jay New comes with a brilliant answer there, 100,000 Zenny for sure, saying she wanted to be validated sexually and as a human being. And that's why I read his comment twice, but put emphasis on and as a human being. Because Jay New, the reason why that part of your answer is so damn good because of what I just asked, the low-hanging fruit of the question would have been or to the question of what does she want from him? What's her desire and what's her intent? When after eight to nine failed experiences over four months, she leaves him and says, we aren't fucking. We're just hanging out a lot. The low-hanging fruit would have been if someone said, well, she just wants sex. She just wants to be sexually penetrated and validated. Sexually taken care of. That's what she wants. That's not 100,000 is any answer. That's half an answer, but it's not a full answer. What you gave there was a full answer. When you said she wanted to be validated sexually and as a human being, the and as a human being bit, as you then go on to say, for all that she was, sexuality included, but for all that she was, he could not take her there to allow her to truly reflect as a feminine being. It's so good. The more I unpack it and unpick your answer there, Janu, it just gets better and better. Who is it? Was it? It's, was it I think it's three original. I think it's Takumi, Ben, and Janu have got 100,000 any answers. Fuck. It's good shit. But there is like... Sorry, let's me, let's, let me unpack Janu a little bit more. I'll try and reflect that and try and... Uh, for X who's listening to this, if he doesn't quite understand what that means. So it's... Listen, as human beings, we're very primal. We have sexual needs. We have the need for sexual stimulation. Feminine beings arguably far more than masculine. They have an entire organ dedicated for sexual pleasure that has no other utilitarian use. The clitoris has no other use. It is purely designed for sexual stimulation. That is it. Males, we, we lucked out on that. Uh, we, got a, we, got, we got a piece, but it's used for many other things as well. Has some more survival-based things going on. And, uh, but, and other utilitarians. But anyway, moving to the point. Sexual stimulation, feminine beings... It's, it's an integral part of their existence, as it is for males as well. But for feminine beings, it's on a different level. It's on a different level. And so that when a woman puts her trust in you, psychologically, that yeah, listen, man, I'm attracted to you. I want to be with you. I want to get in this bed in you and I run a rug down. All right, take my clothes off. Take me in your arms. Let me feel that heartbeat. But then take me all the way. Tell me the full way. Why? Because I put my trust in you. Honor my trust. When a woman gets into bed with you, it's not just because she wants sexual penetration. It's because she wants to see a reflection, not only of herself, but of the part of herself that put trust in you to take care of her. And what she wants from you is, I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. That's what she wants from you, X, is that I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. If you can communicate that to her, that's it. To what level you can execute that doesn't matter. If you can communicate to her, I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. The sexual progression can move at the pace of a turtle. It can go so slow 
It can take hours. It can be hours of just working through every single cell of her body from the tips of her eyelashes down to the follicles right down on her ankle. It can take hours to just massage through every single organ and muscle and skin and everything you find on the way down. As long as it comes from the place of, I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. When you go through that process with her, as Jane Lewis said quite well here, allows her to truly reflect as a feminine being. It confirms her existence for her. As Ben earlier said, which got him 100,000 zenny earlier in this chat, in doing that process, it allows you to ready yourself. That was the readying process I just described, what I refer to as taking her into jelly state, the physiological jelly state in which that you melt a woman's body down to the point in which that there is no tension whatsoever because she's so psychologically let go, but that was done well before, that was done first, which... We haven't got to the remedies of this podcast, but that's a big factor in why this is not happening with you. She's psychologically not ready first, neither are you. Putting that to the side, when you do go to physical progression, you're not taking the time to honor what she has placed in you, which is her trust, which means that you have to show that care, that willingness, that even if you've had this past experiences of erectile dysfunction and inability to sexually perform, a woman will forgive all of that if she gets the sense from you that, but I'm going to try my best to take care of you now. Does that mean she wants to continue a le- an LTR relationship of sexual intimacy with you? No, not necessarily. Some girls need it hard. Some girls want it hard and want it good, and they'll tell you that. And so they won't continue a relationship with you if they find after the first or second experience that you can't give it to them hard and good. But they will not disrespect you because of that. The reason why this woman disrespected you in this scenario is because you did not convey to her that her care was of top priority, that you were going to be there no matter why, no matter how, to guide her through the sexual experience. You allowed your past experiences to get in the way of what is now, breaking the trust, breaking the the ability for her feminine to be reflected in your masculine. Thank you, Jainu, for giving us such a tight point that allowed me to rant like that. (laughs) Fucking A. So I'm talking about now. Now it's getting rich. The soil is getting rich. Oh, if you guys got hyped on that, drop a thumbs up down below this video. Enjoy the session. Drop a thumbs up. Drop me a comment and post. I know you guys are listening in podcast land. Don't be shy. Oh, yes, Jay. Yes, yes. It's one of the best answers I've seen from you in a long time. And that's why you get 100,000 Zeddy, because Jay New often puts the right answers in, but they're on the same level of development. In that answer, I feel like Jay grew a little bit. He couldn't have given that answer from the Jay last week, or the Jay a month ago, or the Jay a year ago. It's good shit. T then came in after him saying, to experience the divine masculine in the dance with the feminine. Well said again, T. Well said again. Absolutely. Jane then went on to say she couldn't grow and therefore grew stagnant when she was with him. Yeah, definitely. Distracco then went on to say she wants some deep sexual intimacy like in the way they can both enjoy the experience. Dang, I got the low-hanging fruit, LeMayo. It be like that sometimes. Listen, Distracco, there's some silver lining in your answer. That's not not only low-hanging fruit. You did give me some. 
you did reach a little higher than the low-hanging fruit. You went mid-branch for me there in when you said in the way that they both can enjoy the experience. Just the fact that you added they both can enjoy the experience, that already elevates you above the common scrub just looking for low-level peach. Because what that means to me as the facilitator and instructor of this session is that you've taken into account the experience of two people, not just one. That she's not just saying, well, listen, we're not fucking, we're just hanging out a lot. And so it would have been very easy to say, well, she just she's not getting what she wants, so she's out. She's just not having sex, so she's out. That's too that's the lowest hanging fruit. But you reached a little higher just to say she wants some deep sexual intimacy in a way that they both can enjoy the experience. That's great to strike on. That's one of the best answers you've given in this social QA, man. Good job. Really good job. That brings a big smile to my face. Because that's that's a good answer. Because it's always based on your journey. It's based on your level of development. You don't need to compare your answers to anyone else. You just need to compare your answers to the answers you gave last week and in retro. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the next part of this podcast. Oh, these tailored pants are fucking good. You gotta get your pants tailored. Just don't pay as much as I did. Shit, I went to this. Uh, I went to like this bespoke Italian uh, custom suit tailor in the city. Really good. Like, don't get me wrong, amazing. But I paid way too much. <laughs> like, essentially, I should have just the the amount I paid. He said to me, "Listen, man, we could." custom design a new suit for you for the amount that you want to get this tailored for. And I'm like, I already have them. So just <laughs> next time though, I said to him, I said, next time uh, we will just do a new suit <laughs> and it'll be custom tailored from the beginning. So it won't cost as much. Worth it though. Worth it. The fit is. See, the thing, my friends, let's just take a pause. The thing about tailored pants is that you don't need to wear a belt. I have suspenders on, but they provide no function. These suspenders aren't holding up these pants. I could unclip these suspenders and my pants would stay at the same level because the waist has been tailored. It's a whole different world when you don't need to wear a belt with pants. When you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you think that you wear a belt because it keeps your pants up. But that's the worst way of keeping your pants up because it just makes you feel so restricted. But yeah, this is fucking good. All right, enough of the fashion tips. Let's move on. (laughs) Just stay focused here. Uh... Okay, so next part of the story. So let's move forward here. This experience with this girl is done, we think. We think. There's a little more at the end, but for now. He goes on to say, I met a couple other chicks but couldn't pull over this time once this girl broke up with me. And he, I, I sh- I've abbreviated that, but if you were to go back through the email, the extra context to that was that in between classes in uni, he was meeting girls, but he couldn't pull them. He then goes on to say, I met, on one, I met one girl on the same app, the same EDM dating app. We met for a movie. On the second date, tried for sex. Meets a, girl, meets a girl on the same EDM dating app. Here we go again. They had tried to organize to meet up really soon within that week. Couldn't get it. There were some classes at uni. They go out on a date. He didn't tell me what the first date was, but he says on the second date, they went out for a movie. Tried to have sex. 
He says that I got hard, but thought about the last time, oh no, what if this happens again? So he did get hard with her. Keep on But the thoughts, Groundhog Day, what if this happens again? What if I can't have sex with her again? Same thing, same thing, repeat, repeat. It's the repeat syndrome. Bums himself out, she leaves him. There's more context to it, but there's nothing you don't need to you nothing you need to know. I there's just there's some talking back and forth about it, but not really. It's basically just that. Well, it's the same thing. She left me because she realized the. Let me give it to you. The extra context was that she realized that I wasn't going to be able to have sex with her and decided to move on. There you go. I just abbreviated it to he bummed himself out and she leaves him. Same thing. So, my friends, this is the final sticking point of his sexual story. That before we really start to get to remedy now, it's the final thing we need to work, we need to look at. So, can someone please take the low hanging fruit and just let's begin here as we always do at the beginning? Why have I highlighted and quoted met a couple other chicks but couldn't pull? <laughs> can someone please? Can someone please use the? the fishing boat analogy in diving into the sea of sexual experience with the 50-ton anchor. And please, if you're advanced enough to use that analogy, if you've been paying enough attention, when he says, met a couple other chicks, couldn't pull. After that whole four-month experience, absolute shit show with the previous girl. What is that equivalent to in the diving into the ocean with a 50-ton anchor strapped to your waist analogy to get to the sexual experience at the bottom? What is... The problem with that, if you're not advanced enough to use that analogy, fine. If you don't just quite fully understand it enough, it's pretty simple though, but it's okay. What is the issue in general with that then? Looking at this guy's entire story we've talked about, just in the one story, the EDM girl and, and all that, but his previous erectile dysfunction as well and sexual performance inadequacy as well. But he comes out of the four-month experience with this girl, tried to have sex so many times, couldn't get it done. Eventually she leaves him. We aren't fucking, so I'm out. And he comes in and says to me, in exact quotes, met a couple other chicks but couldn't pull. It's low-hanging fruit, but I would still like to be thorough. So please, let's be thorough. T comes in to say, kept trying to do the same thing, jumping in with the anchor again and again. That's good. It's good, T. Perfect. Distrakon says he's adding more weights. You know, that's even better, Distrakon. I'm not even sure if you realize why that's better than T's. T's is money. Not 100,000 is any money, but like it's, it's great. It's, it's on point. But yours is even more on point than T's because you use the word added more. Added more weights. Distrakon, do you know why you're, that answer is even better? Because it's, ju- it's not just that he's jumping in and in, into the ocean again and again, repeating the same mistakes over and over. He is doing that. But you've said something else. He's adding more weights. What does that speak to? A compounding. That speaks to something I said earlier in this podcast about practicing X. Practicing X. Reaffirming X. And I think you've been here since the absolute get-go. So if you can tell me why your answer is so damn good, that makes it even better. Uh, but there's a reason why he's adding more weights is actually more accurate than T's answer there. Whilst T's is still good, it's not 100% accurate. 
distraction comes in to say, because it takes into account he's adding more bad reference experience. Very good. He is practicing failure. That's why he's adding more weight. It started off as 50 ton attached to his waist, but the more he does not learn his lesson, the more that he practices the same mistakes, repeating the same actions, expecting a different result, leading to insanity, the heavier the weight gets. Because when you practice failure, it becomes your way of life. It becomes your default mode of operation. Art comes in saying pattern behavior. Very good, Art. Switching on, good. T says, yeah, true, more pressure. Like he thinks if he can just hold his breath more, it'll be better. Practicing failure. Good, good, T, good. Like me, boy, T, T's like already hit the, uh, the sleep mode on his brain because he already earned 100,000 Zeddy reward at the beginning of this conversation. So, <laughs> good tea. And T says, like me walking around the mall, not approaching again and again. Very good, practicing fellow. Distract on there goes on to say, I actually did that before when I started, but it S U C K S. Yes, it does sucks. Okay, so that was low hanging fruit, but I just wanted to be thorough. And I love that Distract on added on the practicing failure, which is where we would have got to. Excellent, Distract on. So, by the way, Nico, if you're still in this chat, don't go sleep on me. Don't go to sleep. And the other, other, the other guys of you in this chat, uh, like I say, when someone's doing well, it's okay. Give yourself a chance as well. That was a really easy question. Okay. Moving past that though. He's repeating the same mentality. As a low-hanging fruit, I want to start that off. But he does meet another girl. He meets another girl on the same app. Same app, EDM festival, people who like this shit app. They decide, let's meet up real soon, got some classes, can't work it out, All right, go on a day, meet each other. They did something, probably something pretty low-key, didn't mention it in the story, but then goes on to say they went out on a date to go see a movie, this is the second date, and then they tried to have sex after that. Didn't give me specifics on it, didn't say his place, her place, the cart, but whatever, they attempted to have sex again. <sighs> okay, does anyone, does anyone feel like how I feel. I said to you guys at the beginning of this podcast, why is he so ready to drown himself? Why is he so ready to add more weight into Strachan's words? Why is he so ready to drown himself by repeating the same mistakes? But it's almost as if his, his failure, his practicing of failure is leading to desperation for more. Now, it's not how his conscious mind or ego would rationalize it. His ego would, would scoff at that and go, I'm, not, I'm trying to do the opposite, bro. I'm trying to get a success, bro. That, that's what, success. I'm not trying to practice failure. Yet, that's the rationalization. But if you really were trying to get to success, why are you repeating the same actions with the same mistakes? Why, is this, why are you so ready to drown? If you can see, listen, he might, we could give him the benefit of the doubt, by saying that, well, Adam, there's no one else in the boat with me on the ocean. I don't even get to see all these other masters who are just rugging up in a, in a wetsuit. They've got a tank on their back and they're just going to face mask their way down and maybe take a few days, take a few weeks to get down the bottom of the ocean. I don't, I don't have access to those people. All I've ever known is that you just put on a 50-ton anchor and try to get to sex as fast as possible. That's all I know. So we could give him some benefit of the doubt there at the beginning after mistakes one or two. He's done this repeatedly from years 17 to 22 across 12 to 15 sexual experiences. If not now, when 
Are you going to learn that your pace of sexual progression is what's leading to all these issues? That everything you're doing just leads you into practicing more failure. When's that going to happen? It just, when I read the story, it's like, why is he so ready to drown? And it just, it just it hurts. It fucking hurts. So my friends, in the rest of that story, though, there's a key element to just focus on because it's not a complete failure in the sense of what we've been learning so far. He said he got hard this time. Yes, the win. <laughs> At least we got hard this time. That's an improvement on the last one for sure. I'm not even being sarcastic about that. That's a huge win for sure. I know what it's like when you have erectile dysfunction. Uh, I came from that place. So that is a big win. However, he says that he got hard, but he couldn't stop thinking about the past. Couldn't stop thinking about the past. What if the same thing happens? And of course, my friends, let's get down to the logistical and the tactical biology of what happens when we think. So let's say you got a raging erection, but then thoughts hit your mind of, shit, what if this, what if I fuck up again? What if the past happens again? What if I can't please her again? What if she says, are you gay again? What if she says, oh, this must be my problem again. And it just doesn't work again. What on a biological level happens when he does that? Someone hit me with the biology. It has something to do with blood flow. Uh, hardcores and originals should be able to get this immediately. Some of you who are new, what happens on a biological level if you've got a raging heart erection, but then you start to think a lot? What happens to the blood? I am not going to breeze over this like everyone understands this because I didn't understand this when I had erectile dysfunction. This is a key point. Okay, going up into his chat. Nico says he's still awake. That's good. Good to have you, Nico. Distraction says, I think it comes down to him trying to prove something to himself. Definitely. Definitely. W says he doesn't know how to. Hmm. I don't know what you mean by that, but it's okay. Could be more specific. Nico says, okay, so Nico's starting to pipe up. Here we go. Nico says sex is his meaning to his life. That he's becoming too focused to the end that he doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. He is missing the forest for the trees or the ocean to the water. Yeah, I like that last bit. I like that last bit. That's good. I like that last bit because you started to tap on the analogies. That's good, Nico. Please answer my last question, though, since you're piped up. What happens to the blood flow in the human body uh, when you have a raging erection but then start to think a lot? What happens to the blood flow? When he... Even though he rushed to sex again, second date after the movie. Now, listen, is rushing, is having sex on the second date such a rush? In general, no. None of the sexual connection is there. Trust has been established. Sex within the first 30 minutes is not unheard of or uncommon if you guys have established such a deep level of chemistry and connection, you both trust each other. Happens all the time. Just go out on a Friday night. Go out on a Saturday night. Right? Go meet a girl on the beach someday. You may experience this. Okay, let's hold that before I got an absolute rant. Uh, but, but so it's not that the fact that he went for sex on the second date in and of itself is such a problem. It's a problem for him though, based on all the context we've been through. It's a problem for him. That's way too fast for him that he's attempting to have sex on the second day of it. Even if all the stars are aligned and all the planets were rotating in the same frequency, it's still not, it's still not where I'd have him. His focus is so far off. However, he was able to get hard this time. So that's, that's a real win. That's a real win here based on his story. But then he gets a lot of thoughts in. A lot of thoughts. Past. What if I fuck up again? 
What if the same thing happens again? Can't please this girl. What's going to happen? What I'm asking you guys about the blood flow. Will someone give me an answer to the blood flow? Nico's got to be here with it. Nico, come at me. Nico says blood flow gets constricted and he can't get hard as a result. Yes, almost. It gets constricted, but it gets redirected somewhere else. That's what you missed. You're almost there, Nico. <laughs> that would have been so fucking hype because I built it up. I just like, Nico comes up with the answer. I thought you could get it. You got me halfway there. You definitely got the, you're definitely correct. He can't get harder result because blood flow gets restricted to the genital region. But what's more important is where it gets redirected, which is what most guys don't understand. And I certainly did not. Good attempt though, Nico. Good attempt. Good to see you're still here. W comes in to say, it goes to the head, which you give me D. Yo, yo, yo. Very good. Very good. So W provides what Nico is missing, goes to the head. That's the redirection. Nico, the reason what's, or what's going on there for everyone as well, not just Nico, and for 19-year-old Adam who did not understand this and had to have a doctor explain this to me, was that thought requires energy. Thought requires blood. The brain requires blood to work. It is a muscle. You don't think of the brain as a muscle, yet it is one of the most powerful. It, you could reason that it's the most powerful muscle, maybe not in a, constrict, in a concentric, uh, contractional way. It might not be. But in terms of, in terms of what it's able, the output, and it's what it it's never turns off. The brain never turns off. I'm not always constricting my bicep. My bicep gets a moment of rest. And if I'm lying down, my glutes get a moment of rest. But the brain never gets to rest. It requires blood flow all the time. In a sexually aroused moment, our need to procreate overrides that need to think. It's more important. Get the blood flow down there. Redirect the blood flow down there. Until we hit a fight or flight response. We need to think. My friends, in evolutionary biological circumstances, why would we need to think with such veracity and intensity? We're about to die. We are about to die. Tribes coming, invading tribes. Lions coming, about to eat me. I need a plan. Am I in or out? Are we staying? Are we going? Fire or flight? Make a decision now. All blood flow, redirected, make that decision. As soon as that direction decision is made, get it to where it needs to go. If we're going to fight, amp it up, all right? Fucking amp it up. If we need to run, down to the wheels, let's go. In any case, this dome piece will make a decision to redirect the blood flow once it has made its decision, but it needs that blood flow to make that decision. Are you in a fight or flight scenario, a life or death scenario when you're in a sexually intimate experience? Most of us, not. Most of us are not operating on such a level to where we have such sexual trust in the other partner where we actually allow them to put a blade to our neck or we actually allow them to do something that hang us off the edge of a cliff while having sex with us. Most of us aren't on that level. We're not on that level. I like to push the levels. I like to see where you can take that shit. I like to see the choking. I like to see the smacking around. I like to see the throwing each other. I like to see the tears coming out from both of us. But I am not at the same level where I am in such a life or death scenario while having sex that all of my blood flow gets redirected from my genital organs up to my brain because I feel like I am literally about to die. So why are you thinking, bro? Why are you thinking? That's his question, huh? That's his question. We're not there yet. 
but I thought we uh, it's very it's very important to understand what's happening with erectile dysfunction. Now I hear some of you going, but Adam, what about the genetics or what about the motorbike accident I had? Okay, yes, I'm saving the nuance points that you actually have damage to the organ itself. If your blood flows don't have the ability to vasodilate or constrict, yes, you will have issues with blood flow. But that should not happen unless you have a very poor diet and very poor exercise and movement routine and actually the lack of, right? And as you start to get diabetes, as you start to get blood flow issues, blood pressure issues, as you get later on, you see guys in their 40s and 50s. Right, And you think it's just a foregone conclusion that you're going to have problems getting a hard on when you're 40 to 50, yet not if you take care of yourself, not if you vigorously work out or move three to five times a week and do a lot of low intensity movement every single day. And if you eat the nutrients that your body has evolved to since the beginning of time, non-processed food, you can, there's no reason why your sexual organs should fail you at 40, 50, 70, 80, or 90. Your sexual organ is, it has the same ability to work as your brain does. It is a muscle. It is a tissue. Now, of course, your levels of testosterone will dip over time, but testosterone doesn't determine the ability for you to get an erection. It may, it definitely influences your desire to get an erection, but the physical ability for you to get an erection has nothing to do with that hormone. Just the ability to vasodilate or vasoconstrict, how much is that muscle getting pumped? How much does it have the ability to get pumped? Hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Now, listen, guys. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. By no means am I a erectile dysfunction uh, professor. Yet you can still call me Professor Uli, because I think I have more practitionership in this than a lot of the professors that do. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Let's be honest with it. I mean. That's just the hard facts. I know it sounds like an ego pump. I'm trying not to. It's just the hard facts. Practitionership always wins. I don't care about your papers unless the papers come from someone who has practitionership or studied people with practitionership. But even then, no, no, it still has to come from practitionership because people who study, like what am I saying there? Like a professor who never has sex, who has never had to deal with erectile dysfunction, doesn't deal with that on the one-to-one level and doesn't go out there and learn social dynamics, even if he studies a group of males, let's take 10 of them, that do have deep sexual practice, have been through erectile dysfunction, overcome it, and have deep sexual practice, he's not looking through their eyes. Not, he, not that he ever could, but not even close. He's still looking from the eyes of the paper-pushing, spend all my time in my desk, professor. So I don't trust that person. I don't, I don't trust him. I trust his analytical ability to uh, put statistics and facts facts together. But to like when I when we look at this in social Q and A, my friends, you often hear me say to you guys, I haven't said it in this session, but I often say, you could give me the right answer for the wrong reason, or the wrong answer for the right reason. Only a practitioner could discern between the two because you have real world experience. Same thing in sexual experience. So. Anyways, rant over. Let's continue on here. So where were we at in this conversation? I was just making sure everyone understands what's going on with erectile dysfunction, making sure, saving for the fact that you haven't had a motorbike accident or that you don't have really poor health and you can't dilate your, uh, or constrict your vassal, your vascular system. Okay. Let's see what you guys had to say about the blood flow. So Nico got close. I wanted to give Nico a win there. Not quite yet. Nico, you got to earn your chops. You got to earn your chops. 
Jane comes in saying, Blood fills the Capone Cavernous. <laughs> we got another professor up in here. Jane says, Blood fills the Capone Cavernosa upon signals from arousal to the brain, which can be disrupted by stress signals since survival trumps procreation for the body. So Jane just hits a tremendous summary of the rant that I just went on and even went as fish fillet to chuck in the Latin word of Capone Cavernosa. Thank you for the fish fillet, Jadu. <laughs> That's good. This chuckle goes on to say, the, bloody, the bloods redirect your head. Good. You on it? A T resounds the comedy by saying, ah, ha, 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 Johnny's so extra. Yeah, he was very extra with that fish fillet. This chuckle says, I know, right, lol. He's that student that gets letters from colleges where the delinquents. <laughs> Yes, yes, Distraga, I love it. I love that description. <laughs> Jay News, is the guy who gets letters from colleges. <laughs> We're the delinquents. <laughs> That's gold. I love that. I love a bit of comedy. Hey, Ben Highland's still up in this chat. This is rare. No, Ben Highland's gone to bed by now. Uh, good to have you, Ben. Ben says, I've never connected the thoughts and the blood flow mechanism, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Good, oh, good. good Ben. I didn't know when I was 19. And I think a lot of people listening to this don't know. So that's why we had to go through it. Jay knew then went on to say, I was actually an economics major, but crave knowledge on the only vehicle I will ever have. Boom. So moving on past the, the erection thing and him actually, why it's so good. Why don't I bring this up? Because it's so good that he actually was able to get an erection. But he then hits himself with the Thor hammer. He then goes to the magic wordsmith, the magic word machine, and adds a little more weight to that anchor. He goes, well... What about all the previous anchors? What all about the previous times where I could not perform? And so he was about to actually do the thing, it sounds like. But as I experienced many times, yeah, get an erection, but then that thought hits your mind. This is the thing about practicing failure. The more you practice failure, the harder it is to overcome the routine of thinking that you're going to fuck it up again because that's your routine. The routine is not just, at a certain point, the routine goes beyond fucking up and the routine now becomes, it's just that I fuck up. So you don't even have to fuck up and the routine gets in play. The routine gets activated even if you didn't make a mistake. That's why we never practice failure. You make a mistake once, step back, don't do it again, analyze why. Try something else. Never repay the same actions again that led to mistakes. Because you're going to eventually install a routine that leads to failure even if you weren't going to go down that path to begin with. Now we're getting to some good shit. We're getting, to, we're getting to remedy towards the end here. So she peaced out. She hummed out because he bummed out and she left him. Okay, my friends, that is the end of two pages worth of red flags. <laughs> okay. However, I said that I was going to Mr. Miyagi you and we would start with the sexual blocks first. That's what the beginning of this two pages said, sexual block. Yet, there are other things here because what we need to do now is step back 10,000, 30,000 feet. We need to step back and look at, well, okay, okay. Actually, now would be a good time. I asked you guys a question, the, the very first question at the beginning of the social Q&A. How many of you people thought there's no hope or there's all hope for this guy? Everyone, six for six, including myself, said there is hope for this guy. Some of you said it might take more time. Some of you said we never give up hope. But everyone still said we still have hope. So my friends, now that you've actually have a face to it, it's not just that you've heard the numbers 
uh, 12 to 15 sexual experiences all failed but but uh, it's not but 12 to 15 sexual experiences all failed with 5 to 6 different girls at the beginning when I asked you is there any hope for this guy you all said there's hope but none of you knew the depth and the seriousness of his situation. None of you knew that this has been spanning from 17 years old to 22, that you now see how endemic, how systematic his issues with sexual progression are. You, you didn't have a face to it. You didn't go through an entire story that took almost, almost three hours to get through, almost two hours and we'll if, saving for the context, but two and a half hours to get through that. That's intense. How many of you now, ask you the same question, how many of you now say, okay, there's definitely no hope now. There's no way. There's like, he just keeps putting on the anchor, the 50-ton anchor of obsession, desperation, and pressure on having to get to sex. We've seen it now. It's just a repetitious pattern. This is all he does. It makes sense why he said in his story that I just thought about going to a hooker and just giving up going to a hooker and just get over and done with. That's what he said after one of his sexual experiences. That was a legitimate consideration. How many of you think that's the best option for him now? Just like, what could you possibly do with this guy? It seems like no words, no course of action other than just getting him to have sex or maybe something else you might think of uh, with a paid situation. That seems to be the only hope here. Well, that's the only thing. So essentially no hope, just give up. How many of you think that's the situation? How many of you think, no, there is hope. And you would have to tell me why, what that is what the hope is. I'm going to give you guys just a little bit. I'll give you one minute as I get some water here to just give me the feeling of where you're at now because I asked you the question at the beginning, how much has hope? How many of you have hope? How many of you have no hope? Everyone said we have hope. Now that you've been through the story, I'd be interested to see what you guys think. If, you're, if your answers have changed at all, uh, just let me know. Just let me know in the chat and I will now, after that, I will then step back out out to 30,000 feet and we'll talk about his life in general. And we'll talk about remedy and we'll talk about how, what my recommendation will be. This will be, this will be the final section of the podcast before we get to open Q&A where you guys can ask any of your questions on dating, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. But let's kick it off. I'll give you guys an opportunity because I need to prepare for rants. But also, I just want to get a feeling for the room. Get a feeling for the room and see where you guys are at with it. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, these pants feel good. Yes. Okay, so. Jay New comes in saying, I was actually... Oh, no, no, he already said that. Never mind. JK Dude Dude comes in. (laughs) Ha ha, Mr. J. Uh, I will call you JK since you've used that username. I'll call you JK. I know who JK is. First time I've seen you in a live Q&A though, at least I, that I can remember. Maybe you've been on one before, but definitely not in recent history. So JK comes in saying, the, the analogy you gave for practicing failure was awesome. Thank you, JK. And I know you know why that means so much. Insider knowledge, one-to-one. Okay, so first answer here. I wanted to get a feeling on the room. I want to see where you guys are at. Is there hope? Is there not hope? 
T comes in saying, and also I just want to understand why I get you guys feeling on it. T comes in saying, aha, aha, getting laid won't solve anything. Still hope though, just a process of learning, feedback and mastery. It's good. It's good positivity. I was just about the flame tea because it's so general, but that's what I asked for. So there's no flame. <laughs> I didn't ask for specifics. I just wanted a general feeling. So, but I did like that you did add a specific of getting laid won't solve anything. That's a good, that's a nice, that's a nice segue we might use later tea. But the fact that T is, listen, X, as you're listening to this podcast, because guys, remember, we're not talking about a hypothetical situation. There is a real person on the back end of these two pages of highlighted red flags and story. This guy's real. He's 22 years old. He's in North America. This is real. So it's very easy in these podcasts when he's not in the room with me to you know, to speculate and to congratulate, to congratulate, to uh, conjecture on what things might mean and what things might be. But this is someone's life, which is why towards the end of the podcast, when I give my remedy, I kind of shut you guys out and go into full coach mode, which is why I'm giving you a chance now to voice yourselves because that's when I'm going to get real serious about this. And you sense me during the podcast getting serious in moments, but there are times, there are times. So, Jay knew that's why I want to get you guys feeling now before we hit that. Jay knew then goes on to say, we're going to require that massive habitual paradigm shifts. I think he means the HSP, the habitual state paradigm. <laughs> because we're going to require that. It's an old school concept. We're going to require that massive HSP uh, for X. But I wish him the best as he pushes through the pain to pursue a better life. Yeah. Distract on them went on to say, there's hope, but he's got to do the work of getting his mind right. If putting focus on anything, it should be making a cool experience for them of ticking off his mental checklist. Ah, well said. Well said. So what's the general vibe here? We've got three people who are still in your corner X. That's why I mentioned the whole thing about why it's important to remember that there's a real person on the end of this because uh, X will be listening to this if he's not now, but he will be. And... At the end of everything, mate, at the end of us breaking down every mistake you've made to the nth degree with no reservation, just destroyed you, obliterated everything that you've done here. You still got three random strangers uh, who are more than just random strangers. They're here. These three are regulars of the social Q&A. They've seen some shit. They've, seen some, they've been through some classes with me. Uh, and so if they're still saying as well, no, we're not giving up on you. Like that, when you said to me in your email that there was one morning where you just woke up and you said, I'm just, I sh- I'm so lost. I should just give up. I should just call up the hooker and get it over and done with. Don't do that. Don't do that yet. You're not that lost. Shit, that went down a rope pipe. <coughs> esophagus gains. I trained my esophagus, bruh. Chill. <laughs> ah. Not yet. It's not time for the hooker yet. Not in my house. <clears throat> not in my house. Not in my house. Are you going to go see a hooker yet? If you're my son 
X. And that's where I'm going to take you right now because I can't get serious about this if I don't uh, imagine hypothetically that you are my son. You are my son. You are my son and not in my house are you going to see a hooker yet. You know why? Because you are self-aware enough to address the fact that you have issues. It'd be a different thing if you come back to me in six months' time, not even ever send this email and just going through six months of just trying to pedal your way through it and then just get beat down by life and get salty at women in general and salty at yourself in general and just said, fuck it and just did it and never reached out to anyone. The fact that you had the courage to reach out, send these emails, be willing to be put through the fire of this session where random strangers are going to deliberate with the guidance of an instructor on your issues in life that you live with every single day. The fact that you have the awareness to do that, that's why you're not going to hook it now. If you didn't have that awareness and you came back to me six months later and said, Adam, I had this entire journey that we've gone through here and in the end, I just gave up and I went to go see a hooker, then I would have had compassion. I would have had empathy for you and go, I can see how that would happen. I could see how you would get so disillusioned and why the only option you could foresee for yourself is that I will never be able to have true sexual intimacy in an organic space from my own power honoring the trust that a feminine puts in me. It's never going to happen. So I have to go through these other measures. I would have compassion and empathy for you at that point if you had made that decision. But that's not the case. The case is that you have reached out. You know that you have desperation. You know that you are obsessed. You know that this is not good for you. You know that you, you basically already know all your own issues, save some social dynamic tactics around how to set up dates, around the progression of dates, around what the woman's actually thinking and saying. And that's fine. Most people don't have that awareness. That's why I do this podcast. But that, that's why we're here. But for the most part, this has not been a session of trying to help you to understand what your issues are. For the most part, this has been having the class students help you to understand how to the depth of what that is, but more so all the other things around it tactically and socially that you might not understand. That's very rare. Most of the time, it's having the live class students here just to get you to understand why you're making a mistake. The fact that you know that you're making a mistake at some point. That's why you're not going to a hooker right now. That's why you're not going to a hooker right now. There is so much more you can do before that. Not that going to a hooker is the worst thing. And if you guys have heard my other podcasts on virgins, sexual performance, inadequacy, I have got to the point there is a scenario in which they going to a hooker is recommended. And I don't really like that word. It's a bit of a strange word to use. But going to, going in getting a sexually guided experience is how I would refer to it. I wouldn't see it as going to a hooker because that is detrimental to your self-esteem and confidence. But if you were to embrace it as a sexually guided experience, different frame, different outcome. <clears throat> but we're not there yet, even if you were to reframe it that way. <sighs> You said you started self-development five years ago at 17. Did you? I don't think you did. Your friends tell you that 99% of the thoughts that go on in your head are about how to get girls and how to have sex with girls. How to get girls and how to have sex with girls. That's 99% of your thoughts. You said that you're so obsessed with getting sex that you can't even focus on the other areas of your life. That it affects everything else that you do. The first girl that I ever got in bed, my friend teased me, Ray not being able to get to win her, get the win with her. But after I did, I lost interest in her. You see, going with women is a game. You see, getting women is a game. You see, having sexual intimacy with them is a game. 
You see that is that is the treasure chest. And listen, I know you know this because you even told it to me explicitly in your words. You said that you don't even see the woman, the woman as a human being or enjoy being around her in her experience. You've already said this. I'm not telling you something you don't know. You say you've never been able to build long-term relationships with women. You question why you actively trying to pursue getting women turns women away from you. Yet when you look at people who don't actively pursue women, that brings women to them. You say that when I try so hard, it doesn't work for me. When I don't try hard, it seems to work a little bit. You say to me that I started self-development five years ago. And I ask you, did you? Is your entire self made up of desire for sex? If that's what you mean by self-development, then yes, I agree with you. But what I can see, taking you back out 30,000 feet here, spending the last two and a half hours breaking down your life situation, having the other life class students do the same, what I can see is that you're not focused on self-development at all. You're focused on self-validation. You said this is a, <clears throat> you said there's a systemic root of you having to prove that you're better than others. You need to understand why. You know, go deeply and dive into yourself and where does that come from? And what you will do to uproot that and replace it with something else. You, know, you might go, well, maybe when I was a child and this happened, that happened. That's good. Good analyzation. Replace it with something else. All right. When you acknowledge darkness within you, it's not enough just to acknowledge it. You need to set it free and replace it with light. Bring in something else, aka, what would I like that to be instead? If having to prove that I'm better than others is at the root cause of why you see sex as such a deep obsession and why this is the chase for it to the point where you can't even see a woman as a human being around you and enjoy the experience, can't even have an LTR of a woman, can't even have a platonic of a woman. It's to that such degree. Your entire mental construct around what it means to interact with other human beings needs to be reconfigured, realigned, upheaved, strip all the roots out, plant something new. What that something new should be is the next question that you would ask naturally. If you could sit down for a night Night on your own as I refer to it as. Get that journal out. Cut off social media. Cut off your friends and family. Just you and the moon. No pad and pen. If you could design your most fulfilling experience with another human being in the way that you would want it to be, design that out. Play by play with me. Go from the beginning, from the moment that you meet her. Go right to the end. Take it out as far as you want. Write pages if you want. Write one page if you want. But just go play by play for me what that looks like. Take a look at that page. Go to bed, wake up the next morning, review. Look at it again with new eyes. Do you see any problems with it? Systematically, as you start to design what this experience is for you, to be with another human being, you start to reconfigure the bits that are broken. You might start off with, well, you know, we go on a few dates and then we have sex and... You know, but, but, it's, but it's good. It's like, no, 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 no. There's an issue with that. Sex being the goal. Reconfigure. Try again. What I'm essentially saying to you here is that it's not enough for you to go into an experience of a human being and to wing it anymore. To hope that it all works out. We have ample data that you can't do that. 
that you can't successfully engage an intimate experience sexually with a woman. I know that hurts. I know that hurts hearing that come from it. I know you knew it inside already, but I know it hurts hearing it from someone else. But we have the proof. The evidence is there. However, the sentence doesn't end there. We have the proof in the data that you can't engage a successful, intimate experience sexually with a woman. Until. And with that until, dot, 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 is where you can reconfigure a new story. With your new story, I'll give you some guidelines here. However, I'm always very careful for you to just take lines, take, take things directly. I want to give you structure because it's going to have to come from you. If you just try to do what Adam says, it's not going to work either. It has to be an answer that comes from within you. But I want you to now think about, when we look at your entire story, if everything I do is wrong, if everything I do with a woman in a sexual space is wrong, then what must be right? Well, if it seems that in my desired intended interactions with women, having sex as a number one goal always leads to wrong because it's just that's the result. It's just always wrong. Well, then the opposite must be right. What would the opposite be? Focus on something else. In your mind, it's probably not fathomable to, uh, to focus on something else in interaction with a woman. Because in your mind, at least in a deep subconscious level, the major purpose, the primary purpose to be with a woman is to have sex with her. That's what's going on in your mind. So, you've heard some things in this live Q&A. Jay New hit 100,000 Zenny answer saying, Reflection. And we built on to the point of confirming for her her existence as a feminine being. Beautifully said by Jay. I have a question for you. Have you ever spent just one night down on the rug aligning your heart rate and your breathing rate with the woman intended? And what I mean by that is you lie down, you get in the spoon position, you hug her, and you literally feel your heart beat against hers. Have you ever done that? Have you ever spent an hour to two hours with a woman who came in with a pretty fast breathing rate? That lung rate was up. And maybe yours particularly as well was up. And just watched it fall. Notice over from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., hey, I'm taking a lot less breaths in between each minute now. Now it takes me five seconds to inhale and five seconds to exhale. Have you ever taken a For hours with a woman. Now, it's not just with you. I, know, I, I, can, I don't know about you. I don't know your meditative practice, but I know for sure you have not executed that with someone else. They are rhetorical questions. Because if you had done this, we would not see these issues. So, bring this back in here. I want you to design, I want you to design the intended experience with the woman. Play by play how it should look. What it would look like if it was correct. If it was right. We always begin with intent. What's the intent for this interaction? Well, if we know that putting intent as the sex is no good, let's reframe that. Let's reframe that to something that is good. All right. Now, I can't force you, and this is where the buck stops. I can't force you to desire genuine human connection. To take that line I said before, that 
ethos, that way of being. I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. When I said that, when you guys were watching me saying that, I got a little emotional with that, but I had to hold it back. I didn't, I was on the point. But I got very emotional when I said that because that's my ethos. When anytime I'm with a woman and a feminine being, that's the one thing that runs through me. So I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. And what that means in a sexually intimate space is that you are everything. And if I can bring you into everything, then I know that we will join in everything. And that's the only way I'm going to get to deleting Adam and deleting Jenna. So of course, I will take all the time necessary to make sure that you can trust. And that when you can trust, I'll honor that by reciprocating with the necessary and a calibrated, adjusted sexual progression. That I notice that when I kiss you on the eyelids, that if you tighten up, I slow down. I notice that when I kiss you on the neck and I grab you by the neck and you melt down, that I progress a little bit faster, that I read you every single moment, every single little moment going by. If you want more, I give you more. If you want less, we give it less. And that everything is always done with, I'll take care of you. It's not a matter of why or how. And you enter such a point of deletion of self that I don't exist anymore. She doesn't exist anymore. And all of this happens pre-penetration. All of this happened before I entered her physically. But I entered her in a much deeper way, in a way that's far more connecting and fulfilling than entering her physically ever could. There's a way to enter a woman that doesn't require your physical presence. And if you don't know what that means, if you've never experienced that before, then the intent for your human experience with this woman should be changed, should be different. Am I telling you that's the intent you need to have? To enter her without physically entering her? To have sex before penetration? To adorn a mentality in which that as a masculine leader, you take care of her regardless of the consequences, scenario, or situation. I'm not telling you to do any of that because that all comes from my heart. That's things that I know that work for me. I went through erectile dysfunction just as bad as you, my friend. In fact, probably worse, actually. Probably worse. At least in some of these situations with some of these girls, you've actually been getting off too early, but... There were times where after 17, 17 and 19 of no sex for two years, when I first came back, started socializing, learning social dynamics and had to go on my journey and transform myself through that first 30-day challenge. For the first four girls I experienced, I couldn't get an erection at all. At all. At all. I never had the mentality of, I'll take care of you, no matter why or how. I never had the intent of a desired human experience in which that um, melt her down and I build the trust between both of us. And it's not just about one of us getting off. It's about both of us coming together, entering each other, becoming each other. Now it seems so strange to look back on my life and go, how did I ever not operate that way? How is that ever not the primary focus of my human intended experience with this woman? Why was I ever focused on sexual penetration first? When I did switch that around, and you probably think, well, how did you overcome it finally, Adam? The way that I finally overcame it was that on the fourth girl through, who happened to be my diamond in the sky, I changed the play. 
I didn't allow failure to be practiced too much. I still practice failure. I did it four times in a row, but it's not 12 times, it's not 15 times. I still call myself early in that pattern. Went to a doctor and said to a doctor, listen, doc, there must be something wrong with me. I can't get an erection with these girls. It doesn't make any sense because, yes, I haven't had sex for the past two years, but I lost my virginity at 16 and me and my girlfriend used to fuck like absolute animals. So I don't know what's going on here. And I'll tell him about my experiences and I'll tell him about the rush and I'll tell him about all the thought. And he was the one who clued me in on the redirectional blood flow. It's like, Adam, you can't, you can't have an erection when you're thinking so much. So here, I'll give you the Viagra that you're asking for. Writes me a slip of Viagra. But just as he hands it to me, he goes to hand it to me. And as I do it to take it, he pulls it back. And he says, but listen, Adam, this would be just as good if I stuck it to your forehead. 19 year Adam said, what the fuck do you mean? And he goes, this is a placebo effect if it works. There's nothing wrong with your, with your blood vessels. All right. We looked at it. Your blood vessels are fine. This is a psychological issue. You need to slow down. You need to relax. You need to start rushing about it. And that's all he said. I was left to work it out for the rest. I go back to my diamond in the sky that night. And I told her, I told her I was going to the doctor and I called her up. This was very early on in our relationship. We only met two weeks ago, actually. And I said to her, listen, I got to talk to you about why we couldn't have sex the other night. And, uh, and she comes in and we sit down and I say, listen, this has been happening for the last four times. Last, last three girls, sorry, I had the same issue and it's never been an issue before. It really freaked me out. I went to the doctor and she goes, yeah, I was really freaked out. Like, why'd you have to go to the doctor? Because I didn't tell her why I went to the doctor. But I said, well, it's because it's, cause I, can't, it's, I thought there was something wrong with me. But actually there is, but it's got nothing to do with my cock. It's my mind. So we sat down on the couch and I said to her, there's one thing. Let's start back at the beginning. We sat there as a candle. It's low lit on the couch. Let's start back at the beginning. And from there, it was just a very, very slow descent into a slow kiss, into a slow rug, into a slow breathing that lasted all night. And we actually took a photo at the end as well. It's like 3, 4 a.m., and we just learned to breed together. Next time we went together, had sex, no problem. Spent the next two years having sex, no problem. Start back at the beginning. This is my experience. And I can't, I can't tell you to do this. I don't, I'm not telling you to do this at all. All I'm saying is that what I inadvertently did with her was that I designed the experience of how it should be. I stripped it back to the raw beginning of the connection between her and I. Sex was no longer of importance. Sex was a was not even a, contrib- a contributing factor in my mind of what we were going to do together. So I just need to breathe with you. My idea of starting at the beginning at the time was what do humans do? At the core level, we, we breathe. We live and breathe. So I got to breathe with her. Over the last, when was that? When I was early 20s. Over the last six to seven years, I've been cultivating this and practicing this. And even now, when I don't have erectile dysfunction problems, there's a reason why, though. And it's because I conditioned success, practiced success. To this day, X, I would much rather go take a woman back straight down to the rug. Let's breathe. Let me see how you breathe. It's a, it's a fun game for me now. It's a fun game for me because I want to see how difficult uh, this can be or how not can be. Sometimes it blows me away of how some girls are so relaxed from the beginning and it's a really good reflection of me being on point as well, but it also shows me where they're at psychologically, sexually. It's awesome. It's great to discover. It's a great way to learn about someone just to see how they breathe. There's so many great points to it. But, you know, people, people, breathe, people, people breathe over the breathing. They brush over the breathing and they don't realize what the point was. The point wasn't so that you could just relax. 
The relax is the byproduct. The relax is the end result. Yes, breathing gets your muscles more relaxed, gets you psychologically more relaxed. I hope you guys are breathing during the session. I hope you're breathing, X, consciously. But that's not the reason why you do it. You do it so you can strip yourselves back to the foundations of human connection. How do we breathe? What apparatus incepts that? Well, there's got to be a beating heart in there somewhere. And if you can take the time to get in sync with someone's beating heart, doesn't that align with that, I'll take care of you? Why would you want to know about someone's beating heart if you want to take care of them? And this is where we hit a fork in the road or we hit a wall in the road. This is where all of this hits the end. That I can't, I can't tell you, I can't do anything to have you develop the true desire to want to take care of someone. There's nothing I can say, there's nothing I can do that can plant that seed within you other than telling you why I do it. But I'm not going to be so foolish to say that you would listen to that based on how deeply set your mindsets are here around sex and go, oh, I'll do that and that'll be true for me now. It's going to have to be an experience for you. And if I was your coach, which I'm not, I am in this session though, what I'd be saying is that Number one, step one, design the intended experience for you and her. How's it going to look? Rework it until there are no issues. All of the issues we've been through in this session, but the way that I would green tick your human intended experience is that there would be no dependence on an external outcome, that your cup is already filled, that your cup is filled by yourself and already filled, in which that your action for the sake of the action itself is enough. The fact that you go out and you do your very best to Align with your intended outcome. If that is going to be, I need to learn to take care of a woman. Not just on a physical level, on a psychological level, on a sexual level, on such a deeply spiritual level in which that I lose all sense of self and so does she. That's what I need to learn. That's my intent for my human intended experience. That's a huge green tick. Anything that maps to that, whatever. That's a green tick. You then go throughout that experience and you plan in how that's going to be. Well, I'm not going to just book an Airbnb after only having met her once and force ourselves into a very highly sexually stimulated situation. That's why guys at the beginning of this podcast got big red X's when they said, yeah, it's a good opportunity, good then to go into the Airbnb because it means you have sex quicker and set up logistics. Yeah, not for you. Not for you. Not for you at all. Right? For you, you want to be in the least sexually stimulating way possible, environment possible, down in the botanics, down on the beach, down in an area in which that, even if you are going to be on the rug and it progresses there, then keep your clothes on. Case, don't do things that set you up for failure because you've got patterns. We need to counteract against those patterns. In your experience, all right, what's a great example for that? Well, how about if the next girl that I meet, let's go for a quick coffee, a quick walk, get to know each other, low key, low investment, just to see if we even connect because that's the primary reason here. It's my primary reason anyway. You need to think about that. You need to connect because of what's going to lead to our connection deeper. Okay, we established there is a good connection. Work out next night. All right, let's go check out a bar. Let's go down to the beach, food market, whatever. That's cool. If it is feeling right, it is feeling good because you're not an absolute potato head. You have got girls routinely over the last five years of your life being a young buck who are interested in you. So it's likely that you will find another girl interested in you because you're not so unattractive that you can't get girls through the first stage. That's a good, I gave, I gave you respect for that at the beginning. So it's likely to happen again. So you are likely to have a girl who would be interested on a second, first, second or third date to want to come back to your place or her place. In the, in the, Jesus, in the event that that does happen, let's design that experience when you do get back, right? Let's not set it up so that you take her straight into your bedroom like I used to, or that you 
immediately start escalating, as you said in so many of your stories, physically escalating, sexually escalating, right? Let's put down the sexual hammer and let's get through the human connection hammer first because of your past history, your prehistory. From there, heart rate, breathing. There are two tactics. There are two indicators that let you know if you're really in connection with someone. Right? If you have established enough trust of her that she would let you put back back to chest, her back to your chest, get heart to heart, feel the breathing, smooth in there, right? Honor that trust, reflect it, and let it build, let it cement, let it connect. As that starts to move through, notice what happens to your mind. In that situation, if you're actually being successful, you probably will get a heart on. You probably will get an erection. It's going to be your test to see whether you act upon it or not. When I was overcoming my ED, right? I had raging erections with that girl the first time I learned to strip it back to the beginning. But it was the discipline to not go in through that because I'm having to rewire success, having to recondition success. I'm not going to put myself in a position that would fuck this up again. It is much better to get a small win than to risk for a huge fail, right? Take a small win when you get it, right? Spend the entire night. Some of my clients have such a problem with this. It's like, but Adam, I was doing the breathing, I was doing the heart rate, and then I actually got direction. It was so good. And then, but so I went to go through with it, but then I fucked up. And I'm like, well, you just conditioned failure again. Get wins on the board. Get successes in your board. Condition success. Spend a night where there is no physical escalation, but such human connection. Get this under your belt. Give me another five, 10 experiences of that before you were even to unzip your fly, before you were even to pull down her pants. Give me some more of that. Give me some more of those experiences in which that heart to lung come into full connection with each other. And then as you step through that, whether that's with one girl or with multiple girls, whatever, but as you step through that, and if you ever experience what we refer to as the infinite cloud state, which we refer to this in here, a psychological release in which that, holy shit, I'm not even here and she's not even here. How do you know that's even been induced? Because, well, you won't know it in the moment. It's something that you have to reflect on in post. Because if you reflect on it in the moment, you break the state. But you reflect on it. You'll look back one night and you'll go, holy shit, we were in such alignment and connection of energy that I wasn't even there. She wasn't even there. If you can experience that on repeat, then to progress through sexual connection. Now, your next question will be, well, is it straight to penetration or is it thing? Is it clitoral, vaginal, orgasm? Is it hand job? Is it wrist? Is it blowjob? What was it going to be? From there, you need to rewire what it means to have a sexually intimate experience. It seems that you're very much focused on getting off on the outcome, on the end, on having to achieve a result out of sex in a very physical manifestation. Learn to experience what it's like to just enjoy the dance itself, in which that there's no need for either of us to come or ejaculate. It's an absolute mind changer, absolute life changer. We go into a sexual experience and saying, well, n- neither of us need to orgasm or come right now, or even at all. None of us, it doesn't even need to happen. We can just enjoy stimulating each other sexually, and there doesn't need to be an end result at all. And what's amazing when you take that mentality is that the, when it does come, when it does happen, when you do come, it's on such a universally different level where you lose full control of your body. That's when full body orgasm comes. Full body orgasm never comes when you are focused on getting it. 
It only comes in the process of enjoying every step and every inch of honoring her and your body along the way there. As long as we each other's minds, that should have been unlocked from the beginning, son. So, so that's what the focus should be on from there. So I'm not telling you one specific action, like only do blowjobs or only do wristies. Or, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Whatever needs to un- organically unfold with you and her, let it organically unfold. Just focused on without the intent that it has to get you somewhere, that it has to end sometime. Don't put yourself in positions logistically where it does have to end sometime. Some of my clients fuck up this, where they try and instigate a sexual experience when they don't have the time to see it through, where they try and get a quickie in an hour and a half an hour when the girl has already got plans for later that night or et cetera, et cetera. They put themselves under pressure. Don't do that. Block yourself out an entire night from night from 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. Right? And work yourself through a letter organically unfold. And this is that step-by-step process now where with the theoretical and philosophical understanding of what it means to honor a feminine being, to honor a feminine being in your experience, to see her as she is and as you are, and then to forget about all that and just come as one. To then combine that with the physical practitionership of that when I do get physically body to body with her, that I make sure that we're both psychologically and physically unlocked first, that we don't rush through it, that I do take the time to breathe with her, that I do the time to get in the heart with her. And then when it does finally get to pants off, pants off, zips undone, bra comes off, then the focus isn't on me trying to get her off or her trying to get me off. Now you might say, what if she's not clued in on all this? Get her to watch this podcast. That's not a bad idea. If you don't think she's ready for that because it might just blow too many fuses, (laughs) that's your role. Slow her down. So many guys don't realize that when they got a guy, a girl pushing on her, so many guys don't realize when they get a girl pushing on her, it's, it would be a possibility to slow her down because you're operating from such a mentality of scarcity that if a girl was to push on me sexually, push the tempo, push the tempo, push the pace, get me to come quickly, get me aggressive, fucking tell me that she wants it hard and good. But if you're not ready for that, what good is it anyway? She may want it hard and good. She may want to give it to you hard and good. But if you're not ready for a hard and good, it's good for nothing. So communicate to her that, listen, just like I did with my diamond in the sky, I need to strip it back to the beginning and I need to take things right back to where we started. So that infers slowing it down. You want to use the word slow it down? Use it if you want. But to me, it's always starting back at the beginning and you lead from there. Now, what the girl got most angry at in your story when she said, are you gay? You know, when she just, spit that venom at you when she said are you gay because she got so frustrated with the fact that you weren't giving it to her what she was most upset with was the fact that you weren't willing to change the process yes there's parts of her that are super affected by the fact that well maybe he's not attracted to me oh you know this guy's just wasting my time he's not able to uh, physically please me those are all smalls those are smalls the biggest thing though was that you broke her trust you broke the part of her that said, I give myself to you, so take care of me. Your role as a masculine being of taking care of a woman in a sexual space is that you analyze when things aren't working. And if she's pushing on you too hard, that's not working. Take the time to slow down. If it's the other way around, you're pushing too hard, which is what it's been your entire life, pushing too hard, but you're not changing the process, break her trust, that's why she spits fire at you, amongst a few other smaller reasons, but that's the main one. So don't use excuses such as she's pushing the pace, she's pushing the tempo, she wants this, she tells this to me. No. If she's that aggressive about it, that she has to get it this way right now, then that's not the girl for you. That's not her fault though. 
You guys are just not aligned in life. What's ideal for you right now is a woman much older than you, a woman with way more sexual experience of you that would go through a sexually guarded experience of you. That's if I was your coach and you were to go out and do some social dynamic work, a 30-day challenge, and then some action blocks for the rest of the year, three day, three to five days on and off, uh, meeting people cold in the bars, on the street, wherever you are over the next year. And let's say we can rack you up over the next, what are we in March now? That's next nine, nine months, nine to 10 months or nine to eight months over the next nine to eight months. If I can get you into every single month, at least a minimum hundred interactions over the next nine months, end you up with almost a thousand interactions by the end of the year, cold interactions in which that you get to practice this detachment from outcome, detachment from obsession and needing to put the 50 kilo ton weight anchor onto your waist and get down. And I just get you a thousand reps of doing as I do. Wetsuit, tank, mask. Take my sweet time getting down to the bottom of that ocean. And then when we get down to the bottom of the ocean, the treasure chest is of no concern to us. There was a mermaid lying right next to it. And I need to come into commune with her. If I can get you another thousand reps, you can get yourself another thousand reps before the year's out, just practicing that without any sexual penetration. That'll be such a win for you. That'd be such a win. Now, of course, the reality of that nature is that if you go meet a thousand more people over the next nine months, it's likely that you're going to meet someone you connect with. But even in the event that you do, do all the things that we've gone through in this podcast, especially in this last tactical sense. Develop your, develop your skill set. Develop your skill set. You are lacking in such skill of sexual performance. And while you might say it's not my fault, it is, but it isn't. No one teaches you this shit. This is not being taught in high school. Your friends aren't teaching you this. But it's your responsibility to seek it out if it's an issue. Coming back in the micro, don't break her trust. If things aren't working between you and her, she's pushing the pace or you just, you feel like she can't, just can't handle it. That's why I said, ideally, I would be seeking of your next thousand interactions, scale up, age up, age up for women that are older than you. That could offer a sexually guarded experience that would have more empathy, that would extend the empathy hand, as Jay New said earlier in this uh, conversation. Because older women are much more forgiving of this. Right? Younger girls, ra- they have a lack of control of their emotions, more so. They react in ways, as this girl did, in which that they'll flame out of you, they'll spit venom in your face if you, if you can't perform. As I've discussed in other podcasts, what does a girl need? She needs a man. Right now, if you're going to go and meet out a girl and not a woman, and expect, she's going to be expecting a man. Girls, girls know when they're getting with boys, and they know when they're getting with men. And if you portray yourself to be a man, but can only deliver what a boy can, you will expect fire, you will expect venom from her. Women know what they're getting when they're going with a man. Women know what they're getting when they're going with a boy. Right now, you're a boy. In your psychological development, you are in boy stage level. Only a woman will be able to tolerate, and not even only tolerate, but to actually be willing to guide through. I wouldn't recommend sexually going to experiences with girls who are still in girl stage development because there's too much pain in your story linked to those types of girls. And from what we can see is that I don't, I just don't want blind leading the blind as much as possible. I want, I want you, you're 22 years old. I want you hanging out with 28 year olds, 30 year olds, 35 year olds, 40 year olds, and that you have that raw conversation with them and you say, 
I'm learning about sexual experience. I've made a lot of mistakes in the past. It started beginning. So let me breathe. Let me let me heart with you. Let me breathe. Let me heart with you. And they're going to look at you with mother lion eyes. She's going to be that mother lion that looks at you and goes, look at this cub. Look at this cub just trying my best, trying his best. Look at this cub just trying his best. I'll, I'll entertain this. While I don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time with him, but there's something very endearing about a cub that's curious, about a cub that wants to try, that wants to do best. Because what are a lot of women sick of around women, about guys their age, boys that look like men? There are a lot of boys that look like men that are 30, 35, 40. And a lot of women that are at that level that desire men, they think they got with a man, but then after a couple of sexual experiences, realize that he's a boy, that he hasn't developed his mind. He's not developed psychologically. And so fuck it, so sexual attraction gets diffused. So at the bare minimum, an older woman is always willing to entertain a younger boy, even though it's not really what she needs. She's willing to entertain it because there is some level of curiosity and endearment that comes from a young buck, young cub that's willing to learn. You can communicate that to an older woman. That's money. That's what older women love. Absolutely. Let me guys give you some. Let me guys give you some right here. I'm going to give you a, a message thread just to prove this point to you. i give you a message thread Where's she at? Uh, fuck. It's going to take really long to find. Uh, I want to read it out. I want to read this out. It's in my screens. Hold up. Because I've, I was giving this to homework uh, for a client. I'm going to give you a message thread with this woman. Okay. So. So. There was this woman on a, on a dating app. She's 42 years old. Really attractive. 42 years old, absolute milf. But in her bio, it said, I am the foster mother for men until they find their forever homes. Attractive woman, 42 years old, in her bio. I am the foster woman for men until they find their forever homes. That's all it said. Uh... Attractive woman, got some, t- got some tats on her. Yeah, she looks like a hard woman and that line there sounds pretty hard. So, uh, hold up, let me get the first message. So, my first message to her, my opening message was her name with a wink face. She responds by saying, I love your ink with heart emoji, heart eyes emoji. I say, thank you. I see you also have some, but are there others that I can't see? She tells me she's got them all over her body. And I say, come at me. She sends me a smiley face. I then say, I'm curious. And she goes, about? And I say, about what your bio says. What does it mean? What does it mean in your bio when you say, I'm a foster mother for men until they find their forever homes? And she says, she says, it means that I hook up with, in brackets, some, end brackets, dudes, until they meet someone else. I respond, I can imagine that must take an emotional toll on you. She responds, not at all, full stop. I don't develop connections like that where I give a shit if I see them again or not. I respond, I see, as long as you're happy, smiley face. She hearts that message and then responds with, I most definitely am. That was all in one night and the first night that we had matched. I come back the next day, so I don't even respond to her, I most definitely am. 
I sleep on it the entire night. Just reflecting on the experience of this woman because she's 42, I'm 27, but she's right up my alley. Like, she's fit. She's fit. She's physically attractive, but she's also mentally hard. Like, she, she seems like she's going to give me a test, and that attracts me. So, I wait till the next morning, though. I wait to sleep on it, and I send her a message, 8.05 a.m. Hey, I know this is going to sound weird, but I want to look into your eyes and run my tongue down your neck and feel my hand on your heart for no other reason that I just want to understand who you are. She responded immediately by saying, that's not weird, that's actually hot as fuck. I heart that message and I say, if you can on meeting at the beach some night, let me know, smiley face. She says, I definitely will. Hot. And that's where we pause. When I was reading that message, the part where I said to her, I gave her an entire night after she told me about how hard, she really revealed how hard psychologically she was to me, that she just doesn't develop connections for men to the point where she gives a shit about them. And I just left it there and said, oh, well, as long as you're happy. And I slept on her that night. And I came back the next, the very, very first thing next morning after my cold shower and I sent her that message just saying, hey, I know it's going to sound weird, but I just want to look into your eyes, run my tongue down your neck, feel my hand on your heart for no other reason that I just want to understand who you are. And she comes back and says, no, nah, it's not weird. It's actually hot as fuck. The reason why I'm bringing this up for you, X, is that She's 15 years older than me, 27 to 42. The commodity or the attraction point that I have for her is not in physical looks, even though she likes my ink, she likes the physicality, she likes some of the topless foot. Yeah, there's some, there's some physical attraction, yeah, okay. But that's not the major thing that's going to be a, the real connecting point between us. Because she's so much older than me. We're not on the same journey in life. We're not new in the same place in life. She's obviously very scorned, very hardened by her experiences with men. So what is the one thing that I can do for her that men her current age can't? Is that I can take her to a depth of connection and level in which that I recognize she's got someone to teach. She's got someone to teach and I want to know who she is. Now, in those words... I hope that none of you are hard case enough to take the words I just said and now go and say that to other girls. That would be the most disappointing, uh, shameful thing you could do to just go fucking write that down and say to the next girl, bruh, because that guy heard her respond to Adam. That would be the worst thing any of you could do. And it likely wouldn't work either. That was 100% designed because of how I felt about her and how she spoke to me after I said, I'm curious, I want to know about what this foster home for forever men finding their forever homes means. So you couldn't just say that to any random person and have that fly. It would just be too cheesy. The reason why that flies is because I cut all the shit with her and I showed that I'm humble enough to say that I'm a lot younger than you, but I want to look into your eyes. What does that mean? Looking into your eyes is that to even a desire that is that I want to take care of you. I want to run my tongue down your neck. Brings in the second half that I want to also connect with you physically, that I see you as a sexual being as well, that I want to honor the sexuality within you, within me. Let's create something there, right? There's a simulation there. But then the final part, to have my hand on your heart. 
for no other reason than to just understand who you are. That final part right there just communicates to her is that exactly what I think you, X, should be communicating to older women. What men her age would even say that? None. Zero. Because they've stopped learning. They've stopped learning. But you as a younger ex, you as a young 22-year-old, that's your selling point to engaging now sexual guidance in relationships with older women. Let's say that it was you messaging this woman. And let's say that through your development and through your growth, you would send a message very similar to that. Not word for word, but something very similar that just conveyed to her that I want to understand, I want to learn. All right, yes, I want to be physical. I want to run my tongue down your neck, but I want to look into your eyes as well. But I really just need to understand who you are. If you could communicate that, well, now you would be at the beach meeting this 42-year-old woman. And now you would be in the experience getting a chance to now condition success, repattern success, to now learn and to overcome your sexual inadequacies over the past. And that's why I say there's no lost hope for you. That's why there is no time in which I say, yes, now you can go to the hooker. Now you can give up on life. No, there is no giving up on life yet. I want you to engage a 900 to 1,000 interactions over the next year and then in your next interactions. Like this one just happened because I'm currently doing a four-week social dating app experiment. It just happened to come through Tinder. But make no mistake, I've said far more aggressive, deeply emotional things to girls that I met straight off the street, straight up in the club, been practicing this for 10 years now plus. The reason why that comes out so organically and when I was reading that message, X, if you're watching this on YouTube, was that, I had to read it word for word off my phone when I was reading all the context. But when it got to the final bit, when I said what I actually finally said to her, I stopped looking at my phone and I looked you dead in the camera and I said it word for word. Why? Because it came from my heart. It's because it's real. And I know that you can get to that place of where you can find something real within you that will let a woman know that you're not just there for the sexual validation. You're not just there to get to the bottom of the ocean and to get into that treasure chest. That you are. You said in your experience there that you don't see women as human beings and you can't be around them to join the experience. That's a decision you've made. I can't tell you that decision's something that you have to change. All I'm saying is that it is possible. You can change that mindset. You can choose to think differently. And while it won't happen in a day, it will only happen in the combination with swinging the hammer. If you can't swing the hammer, all of this is for nothing. For all the time we've spent here in the social Q&A over the last two hour, two and a half hours or whatever, it's it even longer than that. We're getting up to four hours. I don't know. We've probably three and a half hours. This is all theory of how to swing the hammer. But what I just gave to you in that message, that's swinging the hammer, right? That, that's, that's when you're out there on the beach and it's fucking hot night and this woman who's at least 15 years older than you and her daughter sit down next to you at the beach where you're just near the jetty and you're on the grass and the, and the sand, you're drying yourself off and she sits down to you with their dog and you see the dog and you're like, hey, that's a cool dog, is he friendly? Get a quick lick from the dog. And the, the woman, the mother sits down and you realize actually she's just kind of interesting. She's kind of cool. I might say hi here. I might try and get a little bit deeper. My name's X. My name's Adam. All right, you're in a conversation here. Bring the daughter in. Start talking about the daughter. The daughter's piping up. They're showing me photos about things. I'm noticing tattoos on this woman as well. We're getting in amongst it. All right, but, but, but while we're sitting there, we're having a great time. I got to get home. X, you got to get home. It's getting late. I got to eat. So it's been so good meeting you. It's been so good meeting you, Jenna. Say that hand. Hope you guys have a good night. You walk down, you walk down that that ramp down to the beach. You get 20 meters down, and all of a sudden you hear 
And you look around, you're like, what's that noise? What's that panning noise? And what you see is the daughter running after you. And the daughter's super out of, out of shape, but she's running after you. And she goes, listen, my mom, my mom wanted to see if you wanted to come and have pizza with us. <laughs> and I'm like, and so what are you going to do in that situation? Well, in that situation, if you're ex, turn your ass back around and go and have pizza with her and engage the situation. But what happened was that you left the situation not needing anything from them. That's one of the reps I need you to get. However it happens, I gave you a story from my real life that happened this past summer, which I haven't discussed in this podcast yet. But it's the first time. But a woman sent her daughter after me to come bring me back to go have dinner with them because of my indifference from needing anything from them. I didn't, I didn't try and close. I didn't try and get her number. I didn't do it. But she went to such a degree and such an extent to send her daughter running after me. That's where I want you to get in social dynamic practitionership, where you are so attractive that you're not looking to get people to chase you. You're not trying to intend for that to happen. You're not trying to get people to push on you. You just become so attractive that people want to chase on you, that people want to engage on you after having spent time feeling you. Not because they see some money, some gold, some car, or they see some flex that you had, but because you sat there and you talked to them. And that in of itself showed your detachment. That's why I need you in the next 900,000 reps. That's what the reps are for. The reps are not so that you can try and have sex with as many people as possible. That's definitely not what your reps are for. Your reps are so that you can transform who you are. That is what self-development is. That is what self-development is. Self-development, we use the modality of cold approach, not so that we can transact on human beings, but so that we can become so valuable that other people would want to purchase us. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, shit, that is good. That is good. (sighs) Shit, that is good. That is... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. So, so finally, wrapping up this final bit of the podcast before we get to open Q&A. I'm going to open it up for half an hour of open Q&A or so. Depends how good the questions are. X, I believe in you. I believe in you more than you even realize because I was in the same place of you, erectile dysfunction. I know that it's all a result of your psychology, of your mentalities. We've spent the better part of three and a half hours, three and a half to four hours here helping you. Random strangers. I'm a random stranger. Dude. You have no idea who I am. But I care enough to do this to you because I know there's not lost. I know, there's, I know that you can. I just, I know that you can. Whether the choice to do or to do not, that's with you. That's with you. But don't think that there aren't people who have been in worse, similar or worse positions than you that haven't got it done because they have. There are clients that I've worked with, there are clients that I've traveled across the world with to work with that have got it done. The first thing that comes to my mind is one of my clients who made an entire podcast on on what to do when a girl wants to trade sex for money. If you haven't heard that podcast, that is one of the most inspirational podcasts you ever hear uh, of one of my clients just going through the absolute fucking fire of the journey. And getting into a sexual experience of a woman that just went tits up in the end, but for very strange reasons. But but the things he did, the mentalities he showed, you know, there are people in similar situations or worse than you that have got it done. So if you want to give up on yourself, please do. But I never will. And neither are any of the guys in this social Q&A. Us. <laughs> and that's where we wrap up this featured context, which almost took three and a half hours. And we get to open Q&A. 
So, my friends, if you're here in the live chat, this is now the time where I open it up to your questions on dating, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. Anything we've said in this session, we can get further clarity on. Or if you just got questions about your own life, questions about anything, chuck it in there. And I'll let you know that the super chat is an option. So if you want to get your question bumped to the top, uh, you can make a donation to the channel. I'll give more time to it, spend more time on it. And it's super appreciated because it just really helps support what's going on here. And if you haven't already, just drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Show some love, show some support. If you listen to us on the podcast and post, come back and drop some comments. Drop some love. That was a fucking ending. That was an ending to a podcast for sure, for the featured context. So I'm going to read some of the feedback in the chat because we just ranted for a good half hour and see how well you guys are thinking about it. But now's a good time for you guys to drop your questions. I'm going to read some comments out and see what we got. <laughs> to be honest, I just poured out my entire soul. So hopefully you guys would ask difficult questions. <laughs> oh, shit. Listen, we started at 10 a.m. It's currently 1.40 p.m., so give me a break. <laughs> okay, so the last comment was when I almost choked in my water as I was getting ready for that rant. And it's from Jane New, who says, Adam's version of pouring out one for the homie <laughs> when I choked on that water. Correct. Thanks for that, Joe. Ben Highland then went on to say, all it takes is one moment to come to the level he needs to break the habits he's been a victim to and begin again as a new man. Well said, Ben. Well said, definitely. Agree with that. Distracted then goes and say, I'm just going to be real here. He needs to grow up. Yeah, that is real. He then went on to say, NGL, the take care of her part, hit me too. What the hell does NGL mean? Does it mean no good love? Does it mean no good looking? Does it mean never going to learn? Is it never going to learn? I see kids saying NGL all the time. I'm like, that's not an abbreviation. People don't say that in real life. <laughs> NGL. I think it's never going to learn. Never going to learn to take care of her part. Yeah, me too. And he went on to say, that's actually the best thing I've learned from you. It's not about you or her. It's about us. That's really changed my operating system. Thanks a lot for that. Thank you to strike on. Thank you for being willing to learn that, opening to learn that. A lot of people aren't. Justin Mueller comes in saying, your videos and personality is so important and helps a lot of us. I have to sleep now in Germany. It's four in the morning and I have work, but keep it going with a diamond and a rad sign. Well, I appreciate you, Justin. I appreciate you dropping a comment on the Sunday night post on the YouTube community uh, saying you're excited for this session. And I'm also really appreciative for uh, all of your feedback there, man. Like, your feedback means a lot to me. Well, listen, if there, if there was only one of you who were tuning in and only one of you that was commenting, I'll still be doing this uh, because it's just, it's what I live and breathe because you just I tell my own stories in here. It's, it's not fair that other people don't get to all this in school. It's not fair that X has come to us in this situation. It's not fair. It's neither right nor wrong, but it's not fair. It's, it's like, he, he, in my opinion, he should have had the ability to learn this in a much easier modality. And so we all should have. And so that's why I do this work. So I really appreciate you, Justin. Thank you. W then came in saying, W came in saying, my brain hurts. I need to watch this video back in parts. Yes, you do, son. Yes, you do. So do I. So do I. Listen, guys, if in case you didn't already know, I mean, you've got to be signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. 
Uh, I do an in-depth recap of all the social Q&A episodes in every weekly email newsletter. It's free, balldojo.com, put your email in, and amongst all other cool shit that goes in there. Uh, but I do an in-depth recap of the social Q&As and the timestamps. I go through each session and timestamp the entire session for the key points, uh, which takes a lot of time since these are like four-hour sessions. But I get it done. It takes a few days to get it done, but I get it done. So by the end of the week, there will definitely be in-depth timestamps in the YouTube description of the entire session. So you can always come back if like, fuck, what was that part about? And the 50-ton anchor or what was that part about heart rate breathing with the girl? What was that? You know, you can always come back with timestamps. It'll, it'll be there. But thank you for that feedback as well, W. Dildo Gaggins comes in saying, for Frodo with a thumbs up. Dildo Gaggins? What a username. Uh, yeah, for some reason, your, your profile picture is not uh, Bilbo Baggins at all. So that doesn't make any sense. But uh, thanks for the thumbs up for Frodo. Yeah, Frodo's a G. He's a bit of a cunt, actually, but he's <laughs> a G. He turned, he went back and forth, right? They should have just dropped it in the fucking fire. Get it over and done with. Save us three movies. <laughs> T then comes in to say, uh, damn, that Tinder chat is on another level. Never had any convo on dating apps like that. Oh, T, uh, that was homework for one of my clients as well. Uh, not you, but for a lot of my clients, when dealing with interactions, I often give them uh, if they need to learn that lesson, I'll send them, say, those screenshots and ask them questions about what's happening here. How would you design this for your interaction? Just to pose it off one of their interactions. It's good shit. If you want to do that in one of our sessions, teachers, let me know. Strakon then goes real as fuck as we're getting into that rant. Thank you, Strakon. Jay Nu drops the first super chat. Hell yes, with a US $2 with a Shiba Inu dancing around fucking starry-eyed and love hearts coming out. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jay. Anytime you guys drop a Shiba Inu, I'm always most impressed. And uh, I really thank you for that super chat, which is a donation to the channel. Now, what that means is if Jay has a question, either now or later in the session, I'll give some more time to it. And uh, I really appreciate that, Jay. So thank you. And Jay, I appreciate you being here the whole session, switched on. And also congratulations on your first 100,000 Zenny reward in a long time for a really good one as well. That's how you know it had to be a good one. T then comes in to say, Us, believe in the me who believes in you. Yes, that's it, X. We all believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself, son. T then comes in to say, I have a question. One sec. It's <laughs> all right, T. I'm still here. I'm still here, bro. Jay says, Jay New says, No question, just giving the love on his $2 super chat uh, to X, you, and everybody participating tonight. There you guys go. Jay New just supporting everyone up in this social QA live, the bowl universe. Appreciate that, Jay. And thank you for bringing Nico as well. Nico, if you're still awake, uh, thank you for being engaged in the session as well. Uh, you had a couple near misses, had a couple half answers, like half yes, half no's, half correct. Uh, come back next week. We do these every single week for 12 weeks in a row. That's a season. This is season episode four of season six. So uh, come back next week if you can. You are most welcome. Distract on goes saying NGO means not going to lie. Such a, that's a... I'm sure it's never going to learn. <laughs> I made that up. But it'd be better if it was never going to learn. Uh, not going to lie. So that's what the kids have been saying. Fuck these kids and their abbreviations. It's like when you guys start saying WAP with a W-A-P. Don't forget season five, we had a huge session on the WAP. <laughs> the wireless access point. 
Shout out to those who remember the wireless access point. Never again. Where I literally sent a voice message to one of my girlfriends in the session describing to her the rick rolling, the trolling that the live Q&A participants were rolling me on the wet ass pussy that they they didn't they didn't know that I didn't know they knew that I didn't know what it meant yet they continued to rick roll me <laughs> and so I sent a voice message to a girl live in the session and she responded live in the session about me saying listen there's these guys in the chat that keep referring to the sexual feminine connection between the masculine and the feminine as a wireless access point but I don't know how that means a wireless access point and they eventually informed me that it doesn't mean wireless access point it means a wet ass pussy apparently by the way, guys, I'm seeing 13-year-olds down at the beach, girls just singing that song, like in groups. It's, the world is becoming such a strange place that 13-year-old girls are just in the water, just, just yelling out, I've got a wet-ass pussy. <laughs> like, this is legitimately happening. And I'm like, oh, man, these kids have got a lot to learn. These kids have got a lot to learn. These TikTok lives where girls just sit there, just just getting got. Yeah, I can't. I can't even. I'm so glad I didn't grow up in your generation. <laughs> That's just so true. Oh man. But then again, maybe not because if like I'll take that back. Sorry, I take that back. I would love to grow up in your guys' generation, like high school is now, if I existed as me now. So if social Q&A live existed as it exists now, I would love to be a 13-year-old because you'd be running it. You'd be running high school. You'd be running university. You'd be rolling through all of this bullshit, all of this unconsciousness. And if you were watching content like this and you had access to these social Q&As every single week and you could message me an email and get coaching from higher level minds, you'd be running shit. Because like I said, a black belt stands out when there are more white belts. That's the current state. But back when I was coming up, it was the opposite. I was the white belt. So I take that back. I would love to be growing up in the age of TikTok if there was another version of me doing this now. Some way of that happening. I didn't want you guys to get too depressed about that. Like, fuck, fuck, but I'm 13 into 2021. (laughs) It's the whole last. You're actually in a better position than most if you're watching this, of course. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Look who we've got. Look who we've got up in this chat. We've got Edo Skimoto, a.k.a. the Ludicolo, coming in with a how's it going, man? Yep. Saying on my work break, saying hi. Okay, can't wait to listen to this one later. Ski, you can't wait to listen to this one later. But this is going to take you a couple days to get through, probably. But you'll need a notepad and pad. Thanks for dropping by on your work break. Appreciate it, bro. T then comes in, Takumi-kun, with the display picture of the real Takumi's father, who I can't remember his name. But don't think I don't see that at that profile picture, mate. Don't think I don't see that. Uh, giving me a level up, a level up emoji. It's not smoke weed every day, but it's like a double bicep flex leveling up. But an Australian $10, no, no, no less. No less than Australian $10 from Takumi-kun on the Super Chat. Thank you so much, T. I really appreciate that. And uh, I, will give, I will give all of my time and effort and energy here towards the end, the back end of this four-hour sesh. Uh, for your super chat, because that means a lot to me. So thank you very much. Ski also comes in saying, the suspenders with the double prayer. I knew you'd appreciate the suspenders, mate. I knew you would. That's, that's Ski, if you're still here, that's why you know today was a session of sessions with I put on suspenders and tailored pants. Ski, I even went into a rant on the tailoring of pants. 
<laughs> just track on comes in saying, oh, going back to that show I was talking about at the start, it's called a Japanese onomatopoeia of a motorcycle engine sound. I definitely recommend watching it. Thank you. Thank you. I've not heard of it. I'll check it out. Currently on Death Note, but I'll check it out. T then comes in to say, my quit. Okay. For the Tendor Super Chat from T, Australian, he says, My question is about getting the feels in capitals in casual relationships. I've been with one girl open and free for over six months now, and it's getting deeper. Our connection is getting better over time. <laughs> Just uh, Ski then commented saying, at T, what the fuck in capitals? That's literally what I'm going through. T then went on to say, do you have any insight on the longer play with open and free, aka casual relationships? How have they ended for you? Have you ever got feels? Feel a bit confused and don't want to hurt her. Hashtag feel. <laughs> okay, he did put hashtag feel, but I put that there. <laughs> okay, so let's summarize back up here. <sighs> T has been in an open, free, casual relationship. For those of you who don't understand what that means, it means that he is able to see multiple people for the process process and purposes of learning about himself in relation to others. That's his intent. I know this. He's one of my clients. Uh, he's also allowed that stipulation for the woman that he's with, that, of course, she should be doing the same, learning about others, enjoying experiences in connection with others, and with T as well, of course, and, of course, T with her. However, it's been six months, and that's deep. That is deep. So I'm not surprised that he put feels in capitals and used the word feels so many times to the point where I had to use hashtag to feel it. Because that's a long time to be in an open, free, casual relationship. Absolutely. Like on average, I'd say one to three months is probably the average of an open, free, casual relationship before it progresses into something else or before it gets left behind and never opened again. So to his questions, we can just take them one by one. He wants insight on longer play with open and free. How they ended for me. Have you ever got feels? He feels a bit confused and he doesn't want to hurt her. So I'm very uh, cautious to, to make this about me. It's not about me. I want to get to the crux of how this is going to give bring value to you. But I will answer your question straight up in which that probably the longest open free relationship I've had is it would be no longer than six months. But even that's a stretch because it had already played out into something different by then. So, so there is a hybrid that I've often discussed in when we talk about relationship dynamics in which that when you start in open and free, it, there's not, it's not just like it's open and free or closed and locked. There is something in between open and free and closed and locked, which is what I refer to as the hybrid with sexual freedom. And the hybrid with sexual freedom or the hybrid open and free, it's a hybrid of open and free. But I call it hybrid with sexual freedom. And what hybrid of sexual freedom means is that you make a defined allocation that I am with you and you are the most important girl to me as I am the most important guy to you. However, we're going to allow for sexual freedom, which is to be mature enough to say that based on who we are, not our friends, not our family, who we are, that we have ascertained certain needs for sexual fulfillment and that if we know this about ourselves through past experience, that after 9, 12 months, a little bit longer for some people, that actually the sexual chemistry starts to die out and that leads to a lot of issues internally within our relationship. And I don't want to repeat those mistakes. So 
how about we try, attempt to create a relationship in which that we acknowledge that we're the number one for each other, but we allow for sexual freedom outside of that. Let's try it. That is the midway between open and free and closed and locked. You're not saying that it's just you and I now, monogamous. You're not allowed to see anyone else. I'm not allowed to see anyone else. It's going to be us, right to die. It's not that, but it's also not see whoever you want and I see whoever I want and that in the analogy of the worlds and the moon, then an open free relationship, I have my world, you have your world, we'll meet on the moon once every now and again, maximum two to three times a month, maximum four times a month, you know, two to three times a month normally. And But we'll get all of each other on that moon. That's the principle of an open free relationship. What changes in a hybrid relationship, T, in the hybrid of sexual freedom, is that now that we are saying that you're my number one now, and it's very clear. So if I'm seeing two or three other girls, it's very clear, though, that you are the most important to me. You're the one I want to spend more, the most time with. And while, yes, I'm seeing these other girls, you're still the most important one. And it's the same one, same reflection for other guys with her. Whatever guy she's seeing, they're important. Then She's still seeing them, but you're the most important one. What changes in the analogy with the world and the moon is that ropes are now getting connected. It's no longer just, I have my world, you, you have your world, and we're just in the moon now. Now, there's a rope back. However, if you remember the initial discussion here on what it means to separate your world from the moon, your life from this girl, to keep it in the open and free speciality of that we just see each other once every now and again, enjoy our time together, that's it. No friends, no family, no social events, no driving each other to the doctors when we get sick, right? None of that. It's like it's purely for a time, one day, three or four times a week maximum that we just get all of each other. If you remember the initial discussion around that, the reason for that is to disconnect ropes from our worlds, to cut off ties, to make sure that we can't connect to each other's worlds. But if you're going to make each other each other's number one, now you attach one. Now it's one. It's not all of them though. It's not now all of a sudden the floodgates open. Now I am driving her to the doctor. Now I am picking out a dog of her. Now I am, you know, just meeting her friends and family, going to birthday events. No, it is singly, singularly the rope of letting her know and letting her have the idea in her mind as you have in your mind that you're more important to me than everyone else. That rope alone changes everything entirely. When you allow a girl and a girl allows you to know that you are the number one, because in an open free relationship, not once should she ever get that idea, not once should you ever get that idea that I'm more important to her than the other guys and she's more important to me than the other girls. If you've already given her that idea and that concept, you fucked up the open and free, you already attached a rope and defeated the purpose of learning. But if you've gone through six months of an open and free relationship and you think, I'm getting feels, I don't, I don't feels, and you want to start to, well, listen, am I going to have to completely just unleash all the ropes and get all the ropes connected, closed and locked relationship, and that's the only other option? No, it's not. No, it's not. There is a hybrid relationship in which that you can connect one rope in the information in which that, okay, you're most important to me and I'm most important to you, but we need sexual freedom that goes in around this. The sexual freedom tactics is probably what you're looking at next and going, what does that look like? What does sexual freedom look like? Again, I said very carefully before, based on your sexual desires, for some of my mates, they need to have sex five times a week with five different people. That's, that's some of my mates. It's not me. 
I'm not I'm not that intense, but I'm also not I can be with one person for years upon a time years upon years and still have the same same sexual flame and chemistry. It's not me. It's not me. I've experiment experimented with it, doesn't work for me. So I'll never make that mistake again. I'll never burn a relationship because I didn't know myself. I'd never enter a close and lock relationship without the hybrid of sexual freedom allowed for it. Or at least experimenting with that first to see how we play. Because everything changes when you add that in. So, if you're looking at sexual tactics of what does that look like? Very similar to open and free. However, now, if you're most important to me, T, and say I'm your, your girl, and you're most important to her, well, now, it's not enough to just say that, oh yeah, I am seeing other people. I am seeing other people. Because in open and free, you don't divulge any details of that. You keep those worlds separate for sure. But now when it comes to hybrid of sexual freedom, sexual freedom now gets you want to take as an egg. It's an egg that you two nurture together when you're on the moon. That our sexual freedom here is something that we share together. Previously, your sexual freedom in an open relationship was completely individual. Who she saw, what other guys she's seeing right now, you don't know anything about them. You don't know what the hell they're doing other than the fact that they might exist. Same thing on your end towards her. Now, if you are going to say she's most important to you, I'm most important to you, that's going to be a shared egg. Now it's going to be that that opens up. You need to be very explicit and very connected and communicative on what is my sexual freedom, what 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 is the sexual experience I'm having. Listen, let's say your girl's name's Jenna. Listen, Jenna, I, I feel like for me, what's best is that you know I see maybe a couple couple different girls here and there each month, and you know maybe some freaky shit. Maybe it's some freaky shit. Maybe there is some coconut oil. Maybe there is some, maybe there is some, right? But, you know, this is what I know about me and this is why I want to entertain a hybrid with sexual freedom. Not that I would use those words, but what I would say is that this is why I want to entertain an open and free style relationship with you, but in which that, listen, I know that we got feels together. I feel that you're becoming more important to me, but I know myself. I know myself and I know that it would actually only hurt us if I cut off my ability to explore sexually, because if that's you, I know me, I know where this path leads and it's going to lead to heartache at the end. So I want to be honest with you and upfront with you from the beginning. This is me. So this is now I've organically gone into the positioning, how you position it to her, that we still need to keep things uh, open and free between us. However, the main difference, the one thing I want to acknowledge is that you mean more to me than the other girls. I've never been once willing to say that to any of the other girls. In fact, it's a little bit scary me saying that to you right now because I don't know what the hell that's going to mean. And But I'm only saying it because what it means is I want to take things a bit deeper, but we need to experience this and play it out. I'm nervous about me. I need sexual freedom. This is what that looks like for me. Once you've explained all that, we then put the turn on her and go, now I need to hear everything about what that feels like for you. I want to hear what that means, how you feel about that. Because obviously she's been in an open and free relationship with you all this time. She's been sexually experienced with other people all this time. That's not going to be a shock that you want to have sexual freedom. What will be a shock is that you are more important to me now than everyone else. If you communicate to her that you're more important to everyone else, that should be a bomb for her. That should be like, fuck. Either I was waiting for this all this time. Most girls, that's the reaction. And it's got to be like too, too good, too good to realize, too good to be true. I can't believe this. He's finally telling me this guy I've wanted all this time. I'm finally number one. 
Remember, T, what's the principles of open and free? No girl enters an open and free with a long play in mind that this is forever. No, it's always that I will convert him. I'll make him see that I am the most special one. And it's the same thing for a guy as well. Uh, well, yeah, I'll take that back. It's the same thing for a guy if it goes over an extended period of time. So her response, her reaction, you want to understand all of it, feel all of it. There are a couple of things that are very common to play out from my experience, which is 100% yes immediately because the sexual freedom is not a problem. However, what she doesn't realize is what it means in the micros and T, where do we burn? In the micros, I heard you say it right there. We burn in the micros. So I told you before, one rope, not five, not parents, not social events, not to the dog, to the doctor. When you say we connect one rope, that's it. If you've used the world analogy and the moon analogy, we connect one rope. What's that one rope? There's a special agreement between us. You mean more to me. I mean more to you than everyone else. But we keep it at that. Nothing else changes. We keep it at that. We see how that plays. What does that do? How does someone act when you give them that information? How do you act when you have that information from another woman? From the woman that you've been seeing over so many other guys. What I'm saying here is that this hybrid with sexual freedom is a staged process. It's very slow. It's just how do we react? How do we play within this? It's not a, it's not a full-blown thing. It's not like you're uh it's not like a rush into it. Take your time into it. Slow yourself down with it. Can we abide by the rules of still not engaging everyone else of our lives, but still know that we're more important than everyone else? Can we do that? Can we operate knowing that we're more important than everyone else to each other, yet still be sexually seeing other people? Can I do that? This process is a testing, feeling out process to see how developed you are, how mature you are. And even if it's not a test of maturity and development, just to see if you can do it, but it's just a test of desire. Is this what I want? Is this what I want? That The reason why I went really deep into that is because you asked for my own personal insight. You asked what, what I go through. That's what I go through. Because closed and locked monogamy is not for me. I know that about myself. Now, it might be for you though, and there's nothing wrong with closed and locked monogamy. If it's built upon sound foundations, sound principles of still being direct congruent, covering of empathy, making sure that your communication is as just as good as the day one on the day hundred and thousand, is closed and locked monogamy I have no problem with. For you. For me, not the case. That's why I went so deep on hybrid with sexual freedom. Now let me get to some of your other questions there. Uh, how have you, how have you, how have I ever got feels all the time T the T the point of an open free relationship is first and foremost learning about myself in relation to others, but also on a subsidiary learning, is this girl going to be the girl that completely alters my perception of reality? Is this girl going to be that diamond in the sky? Is she going to be a blue moon? Do I find out? Is she a blue moon? You're learning about that as well. So it makes sense that you're going to get feels. The only difference between you and I or me and someone who would go into closed and locked monogamy when they sense that, uh, when they sense that feeling, holy shit, this is that girl. The difference between me and them is that I've been through too many experiences where closed and locked monogamy doesn't work for me. So I need a different option. I need a situation that makes us feel special, but allows for sexual freedom on a very biological level. Stimulation. So... uh, Hopefully that answers that for you. I think that does. Is there any more? He says he feels a bit confused and doesn't want to hurt her. So the way that you hurt her, T, is by hiding your feels. How long have you had these feels for her, T? 
Because what's one of the foundations of an open and free relationship when you set it up? And if this ever changes, if this ever doesn't work for you, or if you ever want to do something else, like you're starting to get real deep on me, you have to tell me immediately so we can review immediately. So that's the same for you though. So I hope that you haven't been harboring these feels for very long. So the way that you hurt her is letting her burn in it. Letting her burn in ignorance. You have to be upfront and honest with her. Tell her how you're feeling. If you don't want to go into hybrid hybrid and free, you want to go into closed and locked monogamy, that's fine. Suggest closed and locked monogamy. However, I would question as your coach why you want to go into closed and locked monogamy. Hopefully that helps out. Hopefully that helps out. Thank you so much for your $10 Australian super chat. Most appreciated. And my friends, I am starting to get feels myself that we're going to wrap up the session right now. If there are any more rapid fire questions, I'll answer them. Otherwise, we're going to wrap it up because we've been going for well over four hours straight. I've got, I've got so much so much other work to do, but this is, this is most important to me, uh, this thing. So I'll wrap it up with some comments here. Nico Co came in saying, thank you for having me. This session has been very enlightening for my journey as I am beginning my endeavor for self-development. Thank you, Nico. Thank you for being here. See you next week. Same time, 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time. Distract on sir. Uh, nope, that's something else. T says, Schemo, JDM fanboys, think alike. Have a chat later. Okay, hold on. I'm just reading some things. <laughs> Ski comes in saying this is fucked every time you talk it's always something I need to hear <laughs> love it love it Ski uh, uh, you guys are keeping D focused on in the focused in the chat good guys good lads that's right stay focused uh, Ski says I'm literally going to have this chat with a girl tomorrow we already told each other we are most important Good, good ski. Always, always aware. Always be aware. Always make sure it's 100%, 100% enlightenment and 100% detachment. It's like, this is how I feel and this is what it is, but you don't need to do anything about it. That's, the, that's what makes it work though. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many girls enter an open and free relationship, even though they hate it, purely on the fact that you were integral enough to even suggest it. They don't not necessarily going to stay for it, stay in it for very long. But so many girls uh, will reject it immediately, come back in a week later, and say, "What was that thing you mentioned?" Purely because they got to reflect on the fact that, but he didn't come crawling back. He didn't back down. He didn't try and change shit on me and go, "Oh no, 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 no!" Because you don't like it, I'll just do close and lock. Like he maintained his principles. That in of itself is attraction beyond measure. So comfort beyond measure as well. Trust. I can trust this guy. So yeah, great, excellent. T comes in saying, yeah, that makes sense, Adam. I don't think full monogamy would be for me right now, but this is something to think about potentially trying. Yeah, T, go through enough experiences in life in which that you enter long-term monogamy and just see what happens to your sexual desire. If you're the type of person that can be with one person for a long period of time and you're sexually satisfied, no problem. No problem. If you do have a problem with that, then it's actually extremely, uh, what's the word? It starts with M. It's... Uh, fuck, it's a legal term. Uh, I can't remember the end of the word. But basically what you're saying is that it's a huge oversight. It's a huge oversight if you know that you need sexual freedom. Okay, my friends, and that wraps up today's sesh. So I'm not even going to attempt to summarize a four-hour sesh in five minutes or in a minute. 
All I'm going to say is that there's always hope no matter how far you're gone. Believe in us that believes in you even when you don't believe in you. And I thank you all so much for being so tuned in. This has been one of the best social Q&As I've done in a long time. And uh, primarily because you guys have been so on point. There were 300,000 Zenny rewards. T, J, Nu, Ben High, fucking on point. But to all of you who didn't get answers that were that good, those of you that were just new and just learning, on W, Nico, uh, there's other guys earlier in the session just off the top of my head. You guys did great. You guys did great. And I love that you're so engaged. Come back next week and we'll hear for another time. We're here for that. Next week will be session five of the season. And so, but until then, stay up to date with me on Instagram at uitang1, double oitang1. Keep learning. And I'll see you guys there. If you haven't already, drop a thumbs up on this video before you run out. If you're on the podcast, drop me a comment or feedback in post. Timestamps will be up before the end of the week on this entire session. And fuck yeah. Time of our lives, son. Time of our lives wearing tailored pants, suspenders, and a fucking shirt because of how important this session was. <laughs> and X, just from me to you, X, uh, you are my son. You are my son. That's why I gave you my heart in this session. So thank you. Thank you for reaching out and being so humble to give us a story of this depth. Most lesser men, lesser men have existed. So thank you. And let's wrap it up here, my friends. As always, wishing you the best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ja. Seeing a lot of guys in the chat right now just saying thanks. Thank you, everyone. Teriyaki boys out. <laughs> Teriyaki boys. Oh, my gosh. If you did live in Tokyo, that's the word. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, I <laughs> get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So, Adoitang1 on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy, that's all available to you at boldojo.com. Listen guys, the birds outside are going haywire, so I better wrap up this outro. It's the time of my life, getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions, chopping it up getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session. Truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.